You are listening to Press Church Podcast. Please enjoy this week's message. Well, welcome back, Press Church. We're so glad that you are here on Mother's Day. We just want to have a fun time. We're doing it a little bit different. We're not in the church today. We're actually in our house, and uh, we're going to have uh, the mom of the house, uh, the other pastor of the house, Maddie, come join us um, today and, and be a part of this sermon with me um, so I don't have to do this alone. Um, I want you to know as we are getting closer and closer every day to coming back together, uh, it's almost on a week-by-week basis as I'm watching what the governor's saying and how things are opening up and, and all the rules and regulations on when you open up and how many people are in there. And, uh, so there's a lot of factors behind the scenes that, that we're working through and, and praying about to open up uh, so that we can all come together, and, and I want to see how this all happens. So uh, keep us in your prayers, and as soon as we can uh, let you know that these doors will be open, we, you will be the first to know, yes. and, uh, and we will uh, celebrate when we come back together. Um, so we're going to dive into the sermon today. Uh, number one, happy Mother's Day. Thank you. Happy Mother's Day to everybody watching. Thank you guys for joining us. Thanks for being on stage with me today. We'll do this more often um, <laughs> so I don't have to be all alone and you can probably get tired of hearing my voice. So uh, hearing hers and hearing what she has to share um, <laughs> with this Mother's Day, I, I kind of challenged her and asked her to come and sit with us and talk with us and um, she's got some testimonies that, that she's going to share throughout the sermon and um, just asked her what she kind of felt led to, to encourage the people with. And um, she talked about how um, just walking your faith out on a day-to-day basis. And yeah. uh, as we kind of talked and prayed to figure things out, the title of the sermon today is called The Authority is Yours. The Authority is yours, that, that God has given you the authority through Jesus. And I want to kind of talk about that, uh, that process of how the authority was given to you so that you know the backstory so that you can start walking in the authority mm-hmm. of God that Jesus has already paid for you as you go into your future. Um, it's very fitting to be talking about authority on Mother's Day. Um, the definition of authority in Webster's is the authority is the power or the right to give orders, to make decisions, and to enforce obedience. If that doesn't sound like a mom, (laughs) I don't know what does. Um, My mother uh, grew up in a very strict household, um, and and once mom and dad got saved and they started raising us, we uh, we had some some strict times there. Mom and Dad did not believe in sparing the rod, um, not because they enjoyed doing it, but because we needed it, um, and and because Mom and Dad uh, were so faithful um, in spanking us and so faithful in, in teaching us, um, we have luckily become, I believe, three successful men uh, that love God in in the community. My older brother is a pharmacist. He's a doctor in New York City um, and, and doing all kind of great and amazing things there. My younger brother is uh, starting his career in aviation and doing um, f- just past flight attendant school and doing stuff like that. And uh, I've been in ministry for now almost 10 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got out of, we graduated from Bible school in 2010 
and uh, we've been in ministry for for 10 years. So thanks, Mom and Dad, and thanks, Mom, for uh, walking in the authority that uh, you were given. Um, And as your pastors today, we just want to remind you today that the authority is yours Mm -hmm. today. Um, It is time for you to make the decision in your life, like the definition of authority, that your life is going to prosper in Jesus' name by giving your life orders and enforcing the word to obey. I mean, I'm sorry, enforcing the world to obey to the word of God mm-hmm. around you. The authority is yours. I, w- I want to start by talking about the original authority that God gave Adam. We've got to find out what that authority is, um, how we lost it, and how we got it back. And so Maddie's going to be my Bible reader today, and we're going to be reading Genesis chapter 1, 26 through 28. I went to the wrong place first, so Genesis 1 should be pretty easy to find. First book of the Bible. (laughs) First chapter of the Bible. Verses. 26 through 28. All right. Genesis 1, 26 through 28. Then God said, Let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. The original authority that God gave to mankind, he said, let's make man in our image. And then here's the authority. Let them have dominion. That word in the Hebrew means to rule have dominion, dominate, tread down. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the water, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, over all the earth, every, every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. And look, verse 28 in Genesis 1, it says that God blessed them, number one. Mm-hmm. And then he gives them more authority. On top of giving them dominion, he gives them more authority. He says, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. He reiterates having dominion over the water, over the air, over the ground, and over every creature that's a part of those three things. The authority and the dominion that he gave is pretty overwhelming, uh, what he gave mankind. Now, what happens with that authority is when uh, Adam and Eve eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, the one that they shouldn't have done because the the snake and the devil tempt them, all of a sudden they gave willfully that authority over to Satan. Now Satan has the authority. He has the dominion over the air, over the sea, over the ground. He has all of that authority because mankind willfully gave that up. So now God has to restore that authority. And let's let's see how that happens. And we know how that happens. It's because mm-hmm. he sends Jesus to the earth. And, and we see in Luke chapter 9, verses 1 through 2, uh, Jesus kind of delegating some authority that uh, if you read throughout the Gospels, uh, the Pharisees and the Sadducees continually ask Jesus, on what authority are you doing this? Who gave you this authority? They, they keep questioning where Jesus is getting this authority. And let's see what Jesus does in Luke chapter 9. Then he called his 12 disciples together and gave them power and authority over all demons and to cure diseases. He sent them to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. I love God's plan to restore the authority to mankind. Mm. But I also love Jesus' approach 
he's already acting like the authority has been returned to mankind. He's just willfully giving it to these disciples. Mm -hmm. The devil had taken it from Adam and Eve for all those years, many, many years ago in Genesis. Jesus shows up on the scene, and all of a sudden, he just gives out authority. He says, you can cast out devils. You can heal the sick. Mm -hmm. Jesus himself is going around forgiving sins and healing sick and casting out demons. And he hasn't gone to the cross yet. He hasn't done this restoration process yet. He's writing all of these IOUs, which gets me so excited and so blessed to see how devoted and how determined Jesus was to get to the cross. He's writing IOU after IOU as he's healing the lepers, as he's raising the dead, as he's casting out demons, as he's healing the sick, as he's doing all of these things, preaching with this authority, and he hasn't gone to the cross yet. But he knows that he's going to cash in those checks. He knows that he's going to get to the cross, do what God has told him to do, what God has called him to do, so that he can restore that authority to humanity. Now let's look in a couple of chapters back in Luke, Luke chapter 4, verses 5 through 8. We're jumping right in the middle of when Jesus is being tempted by the devil. Then the devil, taking him up on a high mountain, showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. And the devil said to him, All this authority I will give you and their glory, for this has been delivered to me, and I give it to whomever I wish. Therefore, if you will worship before me, all will be yours. And Jesus answered and said to him, Get behind me, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only you shall serve. Now, just reading this, you think, well, the devil's a liar, and he's making all this stuff, and he's kind of boasting and bragging in front of Jesus, um, but he's not. He, mm-hmm. he, he took this authority. He got this authority when Adam and Eve sinned, and he's tempting Jesus by giving this authority back by saying, you can do this without going to the cross, by just worshiping me. He's, he's trying to give him a way around getting to the cross. He, he's trying to, to hinder him. But Jesus knows, he knows what happens when he gets that authority back, that it is going to explode worldwide. Mm-hmm. Jesus knows, and we'll see later on as we keep talking, that Jesus is not going to hoard that authority. He's going to give it out to each and every person. So no longer is it just Jesus with that authority. Now anyone who believes on Jesus has that same authority as Jesus to operate as Jesus on this world, establishing and reestablishing what God had originally planned for man in Genesis chapter 1. And so the devil offers up this way out and says that uh, all the kingdoms of the world, he says, all this authority I'll give you and their glory, for this has been delivered to me in The devil says, I can give it to whoever I wish. Mm. Jesus almost, I can see him smirking and laughing. He says, get behind me, Satan, for it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God, and him only will you serve. You see, man gave away the original authority to the devil. So God had a plan by sending a man to come and take that authority back. Now, Jesus dies on the cross. He's buried in a tomb. He goes down into hell, steals the keys of death, hell, and the grave, and comes back to life. And he tells his disciples that it's not good for him to stay, but he has to go back into heaven. And we see the Great Commission in Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 through 20. And Jesus here has full authority 
Oh, he's restored the authority. He's gotten it back from the devil. He has the dominion over the air, uh, over the sea, over the ground, over every creature that's in those three areas. He has all that. He's ready to be fruitful and multiply. And you would think with that much power, you would think uh, with that much authority, you would think with all of that, um, us in humanity, we'd want to hoard that. We'd want to keep that to ourselves, keep that close to the vest. Uh, this is my gold. This is my money. This is my stuff. Uh, I'm not going to share it with anyone. And Jesus says, before he goes in Matthew chapter 28, go ahead and read verse 18. And Jesus came and spoke to them saying, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Wow, look at Jesus saying that all the authority is yours. He says, all the authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. And then what does he do? The very next verse, he says, with that authority, I give you go, therefore, and make disciples. And what does he mean by making disciples? Teach them about the same authority that I just died for, that I just suffered for, that I just paid the ultimate price for, the same thing that God originally planned for mankind to walk in. Go tell everyone that believes on Jesus they have that same authority. Mm -hmm. That word authority there in Matthew 28 uh, is exousio. It means the power of choice, liberty of doing as one pleases, physical and mental power. I like this definition, the power of authority or influence and of right or privilege. Mm -hmm that you have the power of authority or influence in your surrounding area, in your world, mm -hmm. and you have the right and the privilege of whatever God has for you. Remember, we talked a couple weeks back. It says, in Him, in Jesus, all the promises of God are yes and amen. Let it be. So everywhere I go, on every, every piece of earth I stand on, every, every cloud that I fly through, every uh, body of water that I swim through, I have the authority of Christ on me because of what he did and because I believe on that. Therefore, I have the power of influence. Therefore, I have the power of right and privilege to go out and do those things. Look at how the authority of Jesus is now yours for you to use. In Colossians chapter 1, verses 13 through 14, says, he has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the son of his love in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. Amen. It says that he's delivered us from the power, which is the same word there for authority, uh, the exousio of darkness, that, that he delivered us from that. And he mm -hmm. conveyed us into the kingdom of the son of his love in whom we have redemption through his blood. It's not anything that we've done to walk in that authority. It's, there's no work that we can do. There's no amount of money that we can give. There's no thought. Pro I mean, there's nothing that we can do to reestablish and reobtain that authority that God originally gave Adam and Eve. The only way that we can receive that authority back and walk in that authority is believing on Jesus. And once you believe on Jesus, Jesus says, here you go. All the authority that I paid for, all the authority that I went through, that I fought to get back for you, I just freely give yeah. to you. All of that authority is now yours. I have pulled you out of the authority of darkness that Satan thought he had when he took it from Adam and Eve. He says, and I give it all back to you freely. Mm. Look at Philippians chapter 2, 8 through 10. 
And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Therefore God also has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name, and that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, of those in heaven and of those on earth and of those under the earth. And let's read verse 11, I'm sorry. (laughs) And that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And see, this just shows us right here in a a short, simple, sweet thing of how the authority uh, was given back to us. Mm -hmm. Um, Adam and Eve, they sin, they give the authority of the devil. And then Philippians chapter 2, verse 8 says, And being found in the appearance of man, mankind gave the authority to Satan. And God says, all right. Well, I'll go get that back by becoming a man myself and pulling that out of the hands of the devil. He humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. And because he did that, it says that God exalted him, Mm -hmm. gave him the name which is above every name, that at that name every knee must bow, every tongue must confess. That is why that authority of Jesus is so powerful everywhere we go, that we can raise the dead Mm. by saying in Jesus' name, We can heal the sick by saying in Jesus' name. Mm. We can cast out demons by saying in Jesus' name. We can Mm. speak to the headache. We can speak to the day-to-day thing in our job. We can speak to the day-to-day thing in our car. You know, I've heard people uh, when we were in Bible school talk about their car dying, and they'd put their hands on the steering wheel, and they'd say, in Jesus' name, start. Their car would start, and everybody would rejoice. And right before Easter, uh, we, Maddie had the, the privilege of praying with Noah and uh, at Noah going through the kind of sinner's prayer and asking Jesus into his heart. And uh, on Mother's Day, it's such a beautiful story because um, on my third, fourth birthday, fourth birthday, um, I got to pray with my mom in bed. We were praying at night and, and, got, and she led me to the Lord and uh, just another generational blessing that that my wife, the, the mother of my children, gets to lay in bed with my son and, and lead him to the Lord. And um, and she just has some amazing stories of, of my son, who's five years old, who's so young in the faith, and, and just he's in church all the time, and he hears us talking and preaching and, and the things that we do, uh, how he just applies this authority to his life. And I think you have like two stories of, of him riding his bike and some dreams. Yeah, and it's just, you know, he is young, both physically and young in the faith, but in a lot of ways, he's so strong in the faith and strong already in the authority that he has because he is five years old and you can't tell him that Jesus doesn't heal. You can't tell him that Jesus doesn't give you peace or that Jesus doesn't answer your prayers because at his young age, he has already experienced that. And so his faith is already being continued to be built and be stronger and stronger because of the things that we've taught him and that he's already applied in his own life. And we lay in bed with him each night and we pray and we say the couple scriptures, the same ones every night. And he's at, at that age, I know it's pretty typical, like four or five years old to have bad dreams. They first start having nightmares. They don't know what they are. They're scared. He comes running into our room. And so we just, you know, very calmly told him, God can take those away. Pray to Jesus for peace. Pray that Jesus will take away those bad dreams. And he said, Jesus will do that? We said, yeah, buddy, he will. And so he prays and said, Jesus, no more bad dreams. And first thing, he runs into our room, Mom, Dad, no bad dreams. Jesus took away the bad dreams. And it's 
it might seem so simple or not big in the grand scheme of things, but but it is, and it's important because that's one thing that has happened in his life that he can rely on and remember, Jesus answered this prayer. God answered this prayer because Noah took authority over his own life at the age of five and said, I don't want bad dreams anymore. God, take away these bad dreams. And he did. And then we were, we were riding. He's recently learned how to ride his bike. He's doing so great. We go on bike rides daily. Otherwise, he gets very upset. Mm -hmm. And and a lot of times we just ride to my mom's house and the wind a lot of times is going against us and it's strong and he's little and the wind is sometimes too strong for me. And he was, he has a tendency and it's a lot of somewhat of his personality when something doesn't happen right the first time, he gets pretty upset. I don't know where he gets that from. Uh, but he, his that, mother. <laughs> yeah, sure. Hey, that happens, and so we've been working on him with that and saying, buddy, instead of getting upset, just try again or just ask God for the strength. And actually, I don't think at this point we had told him to ask God for strength. He did that on it. We were riding his bike. We just told him not to get upset and just try again. Don't worry. And we were riding the bike, and the wind was going, and I was encouraging him. I said, come on, buddy, you can do it. Let's go over this hill. Let's power through the wind. And he goes, come on, Jesus, give me strength. <laughs> and I just sat there and looked at him, and it was the cutest thing, and it was so sweet. And immediately he just took off and just kept going and went right through. And in that moment, he had the strength to keep going, and it was amazing and powerful. And I'm just so proud of seeing him and seeing where he's at and seeing that has inspired me to remember as well to take authority over situations in my life. If something isn't going right, don't settle for it. Take authority over that and command it to line up with the word of God and what God has for you. And that's kind of where this whole idea of taking authority for the sermon came from is just experiencing that by seeing the authority my son, his five-year-old son has taken in his own life. It's challenged me to step up and do the same. And it's really powerful to me. Yeah, it definitely is powerful to see a, a young child. You know, we see it throughout the scriptures where it tells us to have childlike faith mm -hmm. um, that our son. I mean, we, we haven't we haven't sat him down and explained to him the authority and the power that God has given him at the young age of five. Now that he's accepted Jesus, he's just accepted it. You know, we, we pray scriptures over him at night and. Um, just throughout life, you know, we, we hear of people who are sick in, in our family or my family or people in the community or in the churches we've been a part of. And uh, Noah will just ask to pray and ask for Jesus to heal him. I mean, it, it's a beautiful thing to witness, and it also challenges me to step mm -hmm. up my game in understanding the authority that Jesus has truly given us um, and, and how can I apply that to my life. The last scripture that I want to talk about as we finish up today um, is in Isaiah 45, chapter 11. Um, verse 11? Yes. Oh, okay. Uh, Thus says the Lord, the Holy One of Israel and his maker, ask me of these things to come concerning my sons and concerning the work of my hands you command me. The last thing I want to encourage you today is to speak the authority of Jesus over your life today. Mm -hmm. That this scripture is, is from the prophet Isaiah in the Old Covenant 
um, many, many, many years ago. And the Lord is telling him and, and telling the people at that time, ask me of the things concerning my th- sons. He, he opens the door. You know, mm-hmm. we see Jesus talking. He says, ask and it will be given to you. Knock and, and the doors will be open. Seek and ye shall find that there is this open almost blank check that that God is presenting to us when it comes to believing him to do the impossible in our life. And he's saying, just ask me of the things concerning my son. And then concerning the work of my hands, the Lord told them back then, you command me. Um, and as I was reading this scripture over the last couple of days, um, I was just thinking about it and I felt God telling me, um, he said, I, I said it back then. Does that not mean that it's true today, right mm-hmm. now? And I thought, well, that's, that's a good thing. That's a, that's a good point, God. And he says, On the, concerning the works of my hands, the things that he has done, which includes Jesus dying on the cross, which yeah. the works of his hands include giving out the authority to mankind and also restoring and recovering the authority to mankind by believing on Jesus. And he's saying, concerning the works of my hands, you command me. You use the authority that I've given you to go out there and command the angels to do what you need to do, that you have the Holy Spirit inside of you, that that you can go on a day-to-day walk. We were reading together in Romans chapter 8, and the first part of it, talking about uh, the difference between walking in the flesh and walking in the Spirit and the Mm -hmm. importance of walking in the Spirit. Um, And that can sound uh, really Christianese. That can sound really um, a weird thing to say if, if, if I just walked up to you or somebody random in one of the grocery stores and said, hey, I'm walking in the spirit today. Um, I'd probably get some some laughs, uh, maybe a, a side, a head turned sideways, uh, maybe a call to a psych ward. Um, you know, it, it's it's something that, that sounds very Christianese, um, but it's just merely the understanding of I'm walking knowing that the Holy Spirit is inside of me, mm-hmm. knowing that Jesus has placed his spirit inside of me since I am now saved. And because of that, I kind of have an edge over everybody else in the world. I know what can potentially happen because the Holy Spirit wants to protect us. He wants to guide us. He wants to teach us. He wants to show us that, that we can have these conversations yeah. with our Father, and He can tell us, go here, go there, stop, go, do this, do that, that the authority is yours today. And not just some big idea that the authority is yours, but the authority is yours on a day-to-day basis, that everywhere you go, you can use the authority of Christ inside of you mm-hmm. to speak to mountains and watch them move, to speak to any sickness and watch it be healed, to speak to anything dead, whether it's physically dead, emotionally dead, spiritually dead, whatever is dead in your life, you can speak to it in the name of Jesus and watch it come back to life, that you can cast out demons, that you can do all of these things that we see the disciples doing, that we see the apostles doing, that we see Jesus doing, that we too now have that same authority to go out there and use this authority. And the last thing that we have, I've asked Maddie to share, um, we have two children. That uh, We have a five-year-old son, and uh, we have a six-month-old baby girl. In the first pregnancy that we had, we, we were asking God for some uh, specific things to happen um, in the pregnancy. And 
uh, we saw a lot of miracles mm-hmm. and saw God do a lot of things yeah. during the pregnancy. And when it came down to the birth, um, just some things happened that kind of spiraled out of our control. It, it ended up um, in an emergency C-section. Uh, the cord was wrapped around uh, Noah's neck. We didn't know about it. Um, we, we, there was a lot of things we didn't know. Um, and when we came out of that pregnancy, we, we had a lot of questions. Um, if I'm being honest, my faith was a little shaken uh, in yeah. that idea of, you know, we prayed some, some specific things and, and we saw a lot of answer to the prayers, uh, but there were some prayers that we felt were unanswered in those moments. We still had a healthy baby, and we were thankful for that. God, the Scripture's true. God works all things to the good, to those who love God and are called according to His purpose. We, we still have a healthy, beautiful baby boy. And, um, and so going into last year, I felt God speak to me, and Maddie's way more spiritual than me, and God loves talking to her way more than He loves talking to me, and mm-hmm. uh, was telling her many, many months before Uh, that we were supposed to have another baby. Um, Well, in January of last year, uh, I guess I finally started listening to God and uh, went and told Maddie, hey, I've got some some exciting news. And uh, she already had the the name picked out for the baby. (laughs) Uh, She already had uh, that the baby was going to be a girl. I mean, she had everything already planned out. And I said, okay. I said, I... I said, I've been kind of nervous, uh, if I'm being honest, on this pregnancy. Also, I fully am aware that <laughs> when it comes to delivering a baby, the man has has nothing to do mm. with it mm. at all. Um, but because I love her and because of the things that uh, I saw her go through in the first pregnancy and, and come some of the stresses and, and mm-hmm. the worries and the fears that tried to creep in, um, I said, God, we got to build up our faith. We, we've got we've to figure out um, what we're believing for and what we're standing for. And uh, going into that second pregnancy, um, we started walking, I think, in an authority that we had not walked in the first one. Not that mm-hmm. we didn't, um, it's not that we weren't doing it. I just yeah. think we, we hadn't learned as much as we had learned. We hadn't grown as much because of the church that we were in and, and the pastors teaching us and, and preaching us and growing us up. We, um, we really, I think, grew uh, a lot through that pregnancy to get us ready for this second one. And so I want yeah. you to share kind of... Uh, just well, and yeah, we definitely did. And it's kind of the same thing as, you know, Noah and not that you know, we, we shouldn't base our beliefs and our faith off of our experiences. We go off of what the Word of God says. Yeah. With that said, that you, do, you learn from experiences. And so we learn from that experience, and we learn from other experiences in our lives where, you know, from the point of when Noah was born until uh, Eliza, other things that happened in our lives. We had a big move. There's, you know, random financial troubles. There's random stress. There's, and all along the way, we learned to step with a little bit more authority and go a little bit further than maybe we were initially comfortable. Let's, let's believe for a little bit more. Let's believe for a little bit crazier. And then you just remember this happened. God took care of this. He's going to do it again. And it's the same thing as Noah. The experiences he's already had of God moving in his life are only confirming to him what he knows in his heart to be true, which is that God is good. He answers our prayers. He hears us and he is there for us. And so 
with the Eliza's pregnancy, I think it it was just definitely a time where we needed to step out and believe no matter what anybody else was telling us. And it is very so like human nature to focus on what didn't happen. Like we, he said with Noah, God answered a lot of prayers that we had with Noah. And there were a couple that just didn't go to how we wanted it to go. And that's what you intend to focus on. You focus on the areas that didn't go according to plan. You focus on the areas that were the most emotionally traumatic or, or hard to deal with. And so that was what was tough overcoming. But we finally got to that place and we said no more. Then, and as a mother, as a wife, as just a human being, I started to be able to recognize the areas and and be really specific with what I wanted and not take no for an answer. And I think that that is my biggest desire in this whole theme or message of trying to convey to everybody is to step up and take that authority in your life and don't be afraid to figure out what it is that you want, whether it's big or small, and step out in faith saying, this is what I want. And with Eliza, I wanted a girl. Would I have been happy with another boy? Of course, because boys are amazing. It wasn't that. It was just I knew in my heart that I'm supposed to have a daughter. My daughter is on the way. So where where is she? I'm, a, I'm believing for her. And I wanted to not have another C-section. And that was just a, a personal preference of mine. I realized that C-sections happen all the time and are planned. And that's perfectly fine. But for I just that's not something that I wanted. And I had to make that decision of, no, this is not where I want to go. So I'm going to believe for what I want to. I'm going to be selfish in this decision, in this very personal experience that is birth, and believe for this. And whatever you're believing for, it's fine if it's personal. It probably is very personal to you, and that's okay, and that makes it all the more special to you. So step out and believe for God to show up in your life, and and don't take no for an answer. We had other people along the way from the, you know, in the first 20 weeks before you find out the gender who would say, well, it could be a boy. It could be a boy. If you, you might have to get a couple boys. And we're like, okay. And you just kind of shake your head politely and then move on. Because we knew. I knew that the baby was a girl. And I knew that God promised me a girl. And I knew that my faith was there to believe that it, it was a girl. And, and it was. So then that also comes into play of don't let what other people might say about your circumstances waver your faith. You take the authority over your life and you say, the word of God promised me the desires of my heart. The word of God promises me good health and blessing and prosperity. And that's what I'm going to believe for no matter what. And then the pregnancy was easy and healthy and the delivery was what we wanted and exactly what we wanted. And she came and it was perfect. And we got to go home right away, which is what I wanted. And it just, all the little things came into play of we stood our ground. We took authority over our lives, over my family and my life, and believed for what the Word of God said. And it all happened. And that was just the most encouraging thing to me. And that's what I want to try and convey to everyone watching is whatever it is you're going through 
step up. It's time. I think that us as Christians and us as just human beings far too often just say, oh, well, whatever, whatever will happen will happen or whatever is, is going to happen, you know, and they, it just, there becomes this, nobody's taking ownership for their lives or for what's going happen. And, but God has called us to be victors, no longer victims. And so we step up, we take authority and say, nope, this is my life. This is where I want it to go. And in the name of Jesus, it will. And that's what I want to encourage everyone to do. <laughs> See, I told you she was more spiritual than me. <laughs> <clears throat> um, it would have been very easy that when we found out that we were pregnant a second time to fall back in to the negative mindset of what had happened in the first one. Mm-hmm. It would have been very easy to say, well, this happened, this didn't happen, this didn't happen. It's probably going to happen like that again. Um, and I think that's a very easy human tendency yeah. um, that if something bad happens, it's probably going to happen again or whatever. Um, and it's, I'm going to encourage you today that it's a choice. It, it wasn't yeah. something easy for us to really just step into of saying, oh, mm-hmm. no, this is going to be different. I mean, there were a lot of conversations that we had in private where we were encouraging each other mm-hmm. through the entire pregnancy of, no, God told me this, or when she was down, no, God told me this, or uh, we're believing for this, and we would talk to our parents, we'd talk to our family, we'd talk to our friends. This is what we're believing for. We would go to the doctor, and the doctor would tell us some things that uh, were contradictory to what we were believing for, and we'd come out of that doctor's office, and we'd sit in the car, and we'd say, okay, he, he gave his opinion, um, but whose report are we going to believe? We're yeah. going to believe the Lord's report, um, and it was an amazing journey. Uh, wasn't always easy in, no. in those nine months. And, and um, you know, I, I was on a sofa in the hospital room <laughs> um, emotionally. Uh, it was it was a little stressful at times. Uh, physically for her, it was a, a whole lot more <laughs> stressful. Um, but it was an easy pregnancy. It was yeah. an easy uh, delivery. It was night and day mm-hmm. of what happened with uh, with Noah, um, and we all chalk it up to walking in that authority, walking in faith day by day by day. We knew that in nine months that baby was coming, and we knew that we were believing for uh, a natural childbirth to happen, uh, and when it happened, um, in my mind, it might not have been as loud, but uh, just the roar of the nurses and the doctors <laughs> and, and me and Maddie and just the pure joy of uh, being able to, to come out of a C-section and having that natural childbirth was just, you know, made me so proud of her, uh, made me so proud of my God, made me so proud to, to testify uh, about how good God is. And um, so we want to encourage you today. We want to remind you today that this authority that has been given, remember all the way back in Genesis chapter one, Mm -hmm. that authority is to have dominion, to have rule over everything in the sea, everything on the ground and everything in the air. And then also you've been blessed by God. And then God tells you to go out, be fruitful 
and multiply. Mm -hmm. Go out and be fruitful. Bear the the full fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, kindness, long-suffering. Go out there and bear fruit. Don't be a dry Christian. Don't be a branch that's breaking off. Go out there and bear fruit. Don't be somebody who is subtracting from the kingdom of God. Go out there Mm -hmm. and multiply the kingdom of God. Go out there and stand and believe for crazy things to happen, to look at that mountain that hasn't been moved in your life for years and years and generations, and you be the one that goes out there and says, no, this mountain is moving out of my family. This mountain is moving out of my generation. This mountain is moving out of my finances. In the name of Jesus, it must bow. It must give way. Today's the day to know that the authority is yours, and today is the day to start walking and operating in that authority. As soon as you accepted Jesus in your heart, whatever day that was, mm-hmm. the authority of Jesus is yours yeah. to have dominion everywhere you go. Now, you might not have been walking in that. You might not have been aware of that. This might be the first time that you're ever hearing about this authority and that you having access to it. And that's the beautiful grace of God. His Mm -hmm. mercies are new every morning. That you can make the decision today, right now, I'm going to walk in the authority of Christ. Right now, my life is going to be different. Right now, I'm going uh, to focus on walking in the Spirit, not walking in the flesh, not walking in the negative, not walking in unbelief, but I'm going to walk in faith day by day and believe that God is going to do something radical in my life. And why not you? Why not today? Amen? Amen. Amen. Well, Maddie... I'm going to ask you to pray for our family. We are going to be together soon. Um, I'm so excited to come back together. Happy Mother's Day to all of you mothers out there. Uh, Sons, daughters, husbands, pamper your moms today. Call your moms. Take care of uh, your wives. um, Love on them and uh, pray a prayer over them today. Uh, Speak that authority of Christ over them today. Uh, Speak a blessing over them today. So pray over our congregation and and pray a blessing over our mothers. All right. God, thank you so much for today. Thank you for this service and for everyone listening. I thank you for everyone within the sound of my voice, God, that they are blessed, that they are healed, that they are whole, that they are at peace. God, I thank you for wisdom and strength in their lives. Lord, I thank you for the authority that you have given us, that while we are here on this earth, God, we will be conquerors, that we are rising up and we are living the life that you have for us, God, because you paid that price for us. You gave us the authority, and we just receive that today in the name of Jesus. I pray right now that wherever people are and what they're going through, God, that you are just speaking to them, that you're encouraging them, that you're giving them the strength inside to stand up and to fight and to stand, to believe and to hope and pray again, God, that maybe somebody out there hasn't prayed in a long time. They felt defeated for a long time, but no more. Today, they will rise and they will be victorious in the name of Jesus. And so I just thank you for everyone here listening. I thank you for this church and this congregation that we are blessed in the name of Jesus that we are unified in the name of Jesus and that we are a light and a beacon to this community, God. And I just thank you for that. I thank you for all the mothers. I thank you for all of the women who act as mothers, who are actual mothers, any maternal or motherly figure, God, I just thank you for them. I thank you for the blessing that they are to everyone around them. I thank you that you were continuing to pour strength and love on all of the mothers that 
when they might feel bogged down or heavy or like it's just too much, God, you give them the strength to keep going and the, the wisdom to keep going, Lord. So I just call them all blessed. I thank you for our congregation. Thank you for Press Church in Williston, South Carolina, that we would all be back together again soon and that you would just be there for each and every one of us. And in your name I pray, amen. God bless you. We love you. And we'll see you soon, Press Church. Bye. Take care. Thank you for listening to Press Church Podcast. If you would like more information about us or are interested in giving to our ministry, you can click the link in our bio or visit presschurch.org. Don't forget to follow us on social media at Press Church SC and have a great week.